Welcome to the first episode of this brand new podcast, Secure in Love. In this episode, I'm going to highlight the basics of attachment theory and share my background story so you can all get a feel of where I'm coming from. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I've decided on this name because I feel that this information will not only help people be more secure in the relationship to themselves, but also to their romantic partners. And I so desperately wish I had learned about this information earlier in my life. My goal is to help people understand themselves better and potentially prevent unnecessary pain from occurring. This podcast is also a creative outlet for me, and I'm excited to make it a continuing part of my healing journey as I learn to navigate the depths of self-love too. For legal purposes, I am not a licensed therapist or doctor of any measure, but I have always been fascinated with psychology, the mind, and most recently developing security within relationships. Whether you are single or in a relationship, the content I will be sharing can help you understand not only yourself better, but your partner as well. Any relationship can be worked on unless it's of a physically or verbally abusive nature or similar, then I suggest you seek advice from a therapist or counselor to discuss how to terminate that relationship properly. I've been a youth sports coach for over 10 years now. I've coached many levels and have also played sports my entire life. I am still currently coaching and I love to teach what I know. I have a bachelor's of science in criminal justice and have enjoyed learning about the psychology and theories of crime and why people do what they do. I have a background in health and life coaching and love learning new personal development content. I have been involved with my family business for over 10 years and have a lot of management and business experience from my time there. Starting this new journey of not only healing, but figuring out what I want to do professionally is very scary, but it's never too late to make a change for yourself and put in the work and get to a place where you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with purpose. For me, I always knew I wanted to do something outside of the box not stuck in a nine to five job in the same place all day, every day, be able to travel and work on my own time and be my own boss. I've always wanted to express my creativity and share the knowledge I have with others and starting this channel has allowed me to do just that. I've been told by many that my knowledge and ways I can articulate information to people and speak on certain topics with a passion is rare and I wanted to take the opportunity to turn my perceived weaknesses from the pain and challenges I've recently experienced into something that could potentially be of great benefit to people wanting to make a change for the better. That could be people who may be struggling with similar issues or people listening who aren't even aware that they have them yet. My goal is to help people make connections for themselves and link together some things in their lives that maybe they weren't able to understand previously, but now they do. That to me has made a huge impact in my life, especially over the last year, and I've really been able to dive deep into things that I didn't necessarily think were going to be a huge problem in my life, but it turns out they were a result of the biggest root causes of almost everything I've dealt with. Unfortunately, there were some things that did happen like tragedies that I could not control, but looking back, I have had the ability to control certain aspects of my life. They were just running on autopilot from programs other people taught me. Now I see that I was a huge part of why these things happened, subconsciously of course, and I'm doing my best to recognize that these things were not my fault. I did what I had to do technically to survive as a child and feel emotionally safe and replayed that familiarity in my adulthood scenarios. It's a relieving feeling knowing it wasn't my fault. It's important to not put the shame on yourself, even though you probably want to because you're used to it. I think for me, there is still a lot of regret and similar feelings that I have to work through, realizing that my last partner did not receive the best version of me, and it could have been so much better knowing what I know now. 
It's been really tough thing for me to accept. And if you find yourself in the same boat, just realize that you are not alone. You have to show yourself a lot of compassion and grace because it's not something that you did purposefully and your next relationship will reap great benefits. If it wasn't for my past, I wouldn't have learned these things and I wouldn't be able to help people like I want to. So I continue to keep gratitude in my pocket at all times moving forward in life. Just a full disclosure, anything that I speak of does not carry the intention of putting blame on my caretakers or ex-partners. I acknowledge that I am responsible for my own healing despite what I went through, and if anything, I have more compassion and more love for the people who I've related with in my life. It's not easy to change these things that have been so deeply rooted in you for so many years, and now that I am more familiar with it, I can only offer my knowledge and more compassion and love rather than judgment. Understanding why people are the way that they are allows you to take the pressure off of any intense emotions you may feel when confronted with something difficult in life. Becoming aware is 90% of all transformation, and I think if you can remain conscious of what you are doing and why, you will start to see incredible changes. Before I share my story, I want to mention the basics of attachment theory and the four categories that you may fall into. We will dive deeper in further videos about each one, but the first is secure attachment, which makes up 50% of the population. This is the goal. The next three are anxious preoccupied, which makes up 20% and leans towards the anxious side. The fearful avoidant, which makes up 5% and leans toward both anxious and avoidant sides. And the dismissive avoidant, which makes up 25% and this person is nearly always avoiding. A lot of people struggle with these and everyone has a different style based on whoever took care of you as a child whether that be your parents, grandparents, foster parents, adoptive parents, or even siblings. Like I said before, it's never too late to change your style and drift towards being more secure in order to have more fulfillment in your life and stop repetitive negative cycles from occurring. For me, I have skewed heavily on the anxious preoccupied side, and looking back, I have been able to identify why I experienced so much pain in my serious relationships and or situationships. All the reasons why I acted the way I did subconsciously were out of fear. I've had a perceived lack of love my entire life and used outdated coping mechanisms as a way to meet my needs subconsciously, pushing people away that I loved. I used a lot of the survival tactics of the anxious preoccupied individual as a kid to feel emotionally safe. These things were a direct reflection to my adult relationships, which turn out to no longer serve me today. Knowing these things have almost been like a breath of fresh air because I understand that it's not my fault and I have the tools to change and move forward with intention now. It's hard to change these things that have been so deeply rooted inside of your subconscious mind, which makes up 95% of how we are. The most effective way to do this is to become aware of your old beliefs and to make an identity change, no longer associating with those beliefs and therefore those patterns and behavior. I've always wanted to love myself deeper and I can never find a true reason why not to. It has always just felt really hard. I would nitpick at myself for physical things, but could never really understand why I couldn't feel self-love after having a decent life. I've had things provided for me that most people don't have because of my family business, and I'm grateful for those things. But even with that, I would get mad at myself because I didn't know how to love myself even though I wanted to. It was all very, very confusing. Overall, I've had a good life so far without too much traumatic experience, Yet, there have been a few recently which allowed me to spiral into further imbalance and seek a way out of the pain I was experiencing. When we think of trauma, we often think of war veterans, abuse, major car accidents, and things of that nature. 
We don't think of trauma as repetitive daily things that happen to make us feel unsafe. These things occur at a very young age when you are physically dependent on your caregiver for survival. They're not always seen by the naked eye and you don't always notice them until you do the healing, inner child, and shadow work. There is now a term called parentification that I've recently learned about that describes this perfectly. The only person that can fix this issue is you. You can't go to your parents and ask them to parent you again in the way you needed as a kid. You have to do that for yourself. You must show yourself the love and compassion that you needed in a specific way as a kid that you did not get. You can heal, and you can get to a place where you feel whole. The root of the word healing is wholeness. So if you can get there, you will be in a perfectly good space to have a fulfilling life and enjoy it for what it is without as much pain. So let's talk a little bit about my background and my parents. Long story short, my parents are amazing people and they have always taken really good care of my basic needs and then some. We've been on amazing trips, festivals, anything fun, you name it. They love doing things and they're just so genuine and loving and I really admire that about them. They try to be the best people that they can be and do whatever they can to help others. They are very humble and provide unconditional love to not only my siblings and I, but their family and friends as well. People have their own traumas in life, and unless their healing work is done, they will subconsciously pass their traumas down generation by generation. I believe this is the case with my parents, as they weren't really taught how to self-regulate or self-reflect, and most likely the same with their parents in moving up the family tree. I think it is so important to work on yourself knowing this information because when the time comes to have kids, you can understand better what you are feeding them consciously and co-create better subconscious patterns for them moving forward. I want to have a few kids with my future wife and I want to make sure that I am in the best possible place I can be to pass down security to them. Although I've learned a lot, I would never wish anyone the internal pain I've experienced through this journey. Thankfully now, I feel like I'm on the other side of it because I am so aware. However, I still have much practice to become fully whole, as I do with anything I want to get good at. Basically, through the deep shadow work and inner child work after a recent breakup, I put a lot of my efforts into discovering why I had these repetitive tendencies and couldn't make the relationship work, and why I felt the way that I did because it was really confusing for me. A lot of new, terrifying feelings arose while on the verge of losing and after losing the person that I loved the most. Yet, some were familiar, and I was determined to figure out why because I wanted to have a successful relationship with her more than anything. I wanted to feel better and be a better partner for her if our paths did cross in the future. But if not for her, it was something I needed to understand in order to carry into my next relationship because I never wanted to feel like that again. I couldn't understand where these feelings kept coming from and why they were so strong, but it felt like I was literally fighting for my life. It felt very childlike. I look back now relating that feeling to how I felt as a small child when I didn't get the love in the ways that I needed. I didn't want to repeat those behaviors knowing they weren't serving me, feeling like I knew I couldn't uncover my authentic self if I had these things arising from below the surface, so I needed to know what they were. It wasn't until all this happened that I took the time to understand my inner child and how she so desperately wanted to feel loved, heard, seen, and appreciated because she didn't get that as a child emotionally. She felt emotionally neglected at times, which created protest behaviors and coping mechanisms, which we will talk about later. It's easy to say that my parents gave me these things because on the outside, it looks like they did. But for me, it was more of an inconsistency within their parenting styles, which led to this deep cry for love within me. It's not true that they never listened to me or didn't want to engage or play with me. That was never the case. For me, 
I felt like no matter what I accomplished or did, I never felt worthy enough, worthy of success, or worthy of love on my own without depending on them. Learning about my attachment style and how I relate to others has really changed things for me, and I understand that it was purely unintentional, and I offer nothing but forgiveness and love for my parents. My siblings and I each reacted differently to our parents due to birth order and our individual life circumstances, which have created different coping mechanisms for each of us. Our dad is adopted, and that has created a fear of abandonment, naturally. He was quite literally abandoned and has his own coping mechanisms that he still uses today in order to feel safe in his own body. Most of my issues are triggered from him and how we related to each other. He was always in and out due to our family business. He was often stressed and he portrayed his emotional volatility onto all of us. But yet he was a very gentle and soft and big teddy bear at times. So this resulted in a lot of confusion and inconsistency growing up, as I'm sure you can imagine. My mom was always around and always available, which most likely allowed me to develop some codependency and a sense of reliance on her because she was always so helpful and ready to drop anything for me at any time. A mix of these styles created emotional turmoil in me and I developed subconscious patterns to keep me feeling safe in my body as a child. I often felt like I needed my parents to make a decision on anything, like I always needed their approval. I know now that the physiological responses my body had to these perceived threats were all in efforts to survive, constantly in a fight-or-flight response. Think of survival like that as opposed to lacking food or a roof over my head. Some coping mechanisms or protest strategies I used were the silent treatment and shutting down, distracting, isolating myself, people-pleasing, walking on eggshells, Aggressive behavior, for example, punching a wall. I'm not proud of this action, but it was something I did in the heat of the moment to make sure my emotions were noticed and validated. Perfectionism, OCD, two huge ones that still exist for me on some level. A lot of this stemmed from wanting what I did to matter and having some sort of control over the outcome. Body image issues, difficulty regulating and controlling my negative emotions, irrational thoughts when my parents were away, terrible thoughts about losing them etc. How these things can translate into your adulthood, some of these didn't mind. Needing constant reassurance uh, or external validation. Hypersensitivity in general, but also to rejection and abandonment. Negative self-view or self-worth. Craving intimacy. Oversensitivity to others' actions or moods. Difficulty setting boundaries. High emotional reactivity. Fear of being alone or incapable. Ruminating and overanalyzing small things. Feeling underappreciated can appear overly dramatic or cry as a way to meet their needs. As you can see, some of these line up perfectly with the things I experienced as a child. Let's talk about how these things came about and what triggered them, because obviously it wasn't like I was doing these things all the time or that they were purposeful. Something happened externally to cause them. Oftentimes, I was in a playful mood and silly and just a big goof, and that's something that I'm really striving to emulate again because I love that part about myself, and I feel like I slowly lost that over the years growing up. Triggers in my adult relationships included inconsistent behavior, someone distancing or distracting themselves from me, someone not paying attention to me or to the relationship, not receiving enough attention, having trust broken such as a lie or broken promise, perceived rejection or abandonment. It's tough to sit back now and say these things weren't triggers and I reacted blindly because it's how I felt in the moment. But it wasn't really how I was feeling in the moment. It was a cover-up for meeting my own needs. How you really feel is almost the complete opposite, and it's no wonder we sabotage so many of our relationships when we don't understand how to communicate our needs. 
Sometimes I have flashbacks about my past and thoughts that can trigger emotions, and I have to calm myself down and remind myself that I'm not in that place anymore, although my body may think I am, physiologically. It's an ongoing process, but it's a step in the right direction towards wholeness, and I'm really happy that I'm doing something that I know will make a positive change within myself. Some physical signs during distress included rapid heartbeat, chest pain, lower abdominal pain, butterflies but in a bad way, like the anxiety never left, stir-crazy, needing some type of distraction, on my phone a lot hoping for something to change on the outside so that the pain would go away, weight loss, low appetite, impulsive decision-making to try and feel anything other than what I was feeling. So yeah, those are just some of the things that would happen to me, and I never want to go through that again, and I will do whatever it takes to keep myself from feeling like like that again or not being able to handle those things when they do come up. I am moving overall to more security and being the best version of myself, and it feels good to know how to do that. I want to be with someone who is going to be able to recognize their patterns just as I will and who can hold me accountable for my actions and make it work while understanding our unique attachment wounds and really caring for each other with compassion. I am more than willing to extend my knowledge and services to whoever wants to learn and make the necessary changes in their lives to grow. Don't be afraid to shoot me a message and ask for advice as I am still in recovery from an anxious attachment style. These days, we are setting ourselves up for failed relationships when we first don't understand ourselves and how to meet our own needs, and consequently, don't know how to meet the needs of others. I hope you find this material useful, and thank you for listening to my personal story. I'm excited to share more information about each attachment style and how you can become more secure in your relationships. Please share, like, and subscribe. See you in the next video where we address many aspects of the anxious, preoccupied attachment individual.